John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 380, continuing our writer series. I'm really excited to have Helen Aitchison with me today. Uh, she's a great writer. Follow her on Twitter if you're not already. That's how we connected. And I'm excited to talk to Helen about her writing journey. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks, John. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, can you share uh, a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you're located, and what you do? Yeah, thanks very much. So I'm Helen Aitchison, and I'm from Northeast England, um, a little place called Newcastle, um, okay. which is about an hour and a half's drive from the border of Scotland. So it's, it's right in the north of, of England. Um, and for a day job, I manage a lot of projects for a national charity. Wow. And the national charity supports kind of vulnerable young people, children and adults. So that's my day job. And then me sideline is obviously writing, which I'm, I'm quite relatively new to, but I've just, I love and I'm really enjoying the journey. Oh, that's wonderful. And you have a new book out that just came out recently. Yeah. Can you share that with our listeners, what the name of the book is and what it's about? Yeah, sure. Thank you. So it's called The Dinner Club um, and it's a kind of commercial fiction, John. So there's a bit of, a bit of something for everyone in there, I would say. And it's, it's kind of about five different people who are a very very different and they've all got their own kind of life their own issues and their own dilemmas and these five people connect over a dining club hmm. um so kind of based on the come down with me premise of people coming together and cooking for one another so they come together over the the, the dining the dining club the dining adventure but they've all got a little secret and they're looking for more than just food so as the kind of characters develop and as the story goes along the characters become intertwined it's, it comes from five different point of views. So each character has their own sort of story within the dinner club, but they all connect and they all kind of become, you know, each other's friends. They look for solutions for each other's problems. So in a kind of nutshell, I guess it, it's basically about love and loss. It's mm. around hope and transformation and friendship and new beginnings. Oh, that sounds fantastic. I mean, just just the uh, the synopsis alone just sounds very enticing. So I, I would love to know what inspired you to write this book. Sure. I guess that I take inspiration from a lot of, of different places, um, from reading as well as kind of um, experimenting. And, and from my career, John, to be honest, so I've spent 20 years working with people, mm -hmm. um, working with people who have got kind of various complex issues and needs, people okay. who, who are disadvantaged and maybe marginalised in society. So a lot of my writing is around sort of social and political issues mm -hmm. and experiences that everyone has, um, things that none of us are kind of immune from. So things like um, grief and loss, um, homelessness, mental health struggles, but also around, you know, the celebration of connection and friendship and love and purpose in life. So my characters and my work is very much based on me work experience but also personal experiences that we all have and we can all relate to oh that's wonderful i love that you're sharing that with our listeners that uh what you do in your day job what your experiences are throughout your life have informed your journey as a writer did you create these five characters based off of um uh uh, people you've interacted with where were they just kind of a conglomeration of different experiences I would love to know more about that it's I guess it's kind of a, a bit of both to be honest John so the five characters are, are kind of influenced by um, maybe circumstances I've been in myself mm -hmm. or people that I know but not directly apart from one character 
So the character of Florence is based on my late grandmother. Mm. Um, so very, very kind of close to, to the way she was and, and her kind of quirks. And there's a little bit of myself in the character oh, called okay. Violet. Yeah. Um, just a very small amount, but a little mm -hmm. bit of my own experiences in there. Um, and the rest, I guess, are kind of based on a mixture of kind of situations and um, people I've met in the past and experiences, but also just ideas that sort of came into my head as well. I, I love that. And what a great tribute to your grandmother to have a, a character that was inspired by her. And I love hearing, <laughs> and this was a question I was curious about, if there's a little bit of you in one of these characters, it sounds like there is. Yeah. And, and it's such an intimate uh, you know, project to work on. I would love to know, Helen, have you always wanted to be a writer? No, not at all, John. Okay. Um, and I think this is, this is, it's quite a bizarre thing for me. The whole process has been wonderful, but very surreal and, and still feels really surreal. Um, basically, I've only been writing two and a half years. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was never, I never grew up thinking I want to be a writer. I was never particularly interested. And I guess the, the catalyst that made me write came from a few different sources. So probably around four or five years ago, I began reading again mm -hmm. and, I, and I kind of reignited my love for reading that I had, you know, when I was younger and um, before life gets in the way and you're studying right. and you've got a career and, you know, we're all running around busy, busy, busy lives. Um, so I started reading again. And basically I started reading because a colleague of mine who, um, who I work with now and I work with in a former role, who was a police officer for 20 years, wrote a book about his experience in okay. the force. Um, and it was linked to, to kind of the work that I currently do. So it was linked to working with people who have been sexually exploited and trafficked for the purpose of sex. So he wrote this book and I was like, oh, this is brilliant. I want to read his book. It's called Ian Fittis. I read his book and it really kind of made us want to read more. So okay. it reignited my love for reading. And I kept reading and I was, I was consuming books. I was reading, you know, 30, 40, 50 books a year and really loving it is a sort of stress release. Um, and then I went on holiday with my parents and my partner and I was in the I was in the hotel gym when everyone else was drinking cocktails and enjoying the sun. I was I was the saddle in the gym mm. um, and I was reading which which has become my favorite book by uh, an author called Mitch Album. Mm -hmm. um, and it was it's called The Five People You Meet in Heaven. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so I was reading this book and um, I was like, oh, wow. And it was really striking a chord. It was so poignant. Yeah. And the words were just so beautiful, John, the way they connected and the way that I felt part of this book. I felt that I was in this book. I felt I was living this book. It was just, wow. it's just a beautiful book. He writes beautifully. And I was, I was ugly crying reading this book. I was like, oh my God, I'm so moved by it. And I just thought, I want to write something that makes someone feel like I did reading that book. Yeah. You know, I want someone to remember the words long after the book's closed. And for it to stay with them and to really resonate and you know that that feeling it still stays with us now about that book so that was kind of another sort of catalyst i guess in, in becoming a writer and then i came back from holiday and got on my life as you do and i wrote a blog for um work for my for my day job i wrote a blog around domestic abuse and i got loads of really positive feedback john and people were saying you know it, it's really important it was really you know educational i really enjoyed your style of writing so it was, it was a bit of a confidence boost. I thought, oh, that's really nice. I'm really pleased. And then I entered a competition um, with a local theatre in Newcastle called Live Theatre. And it was a playwriting course. So I entered a, a small piece, a short piece, and I got on this course. So I went along and there was only about 20 of us. 
and I was the least experienced there. You know, there was there was people who were um, had role plays for radio, people who had had um, short stories published, people who um, had, you know, a lot of experience in English language and literature as their degrees. And I was like, well, I wrote a blog, and that was that was about as much as I'd done. Um, but I really enjoyed it, and I really learned kind of from doing that course, and that you know, I connected with people that I'm still in touch with, which was brilliant. And it planted the seed, John, and I just thought, actually, I'm going to do something with this. You know, why not? Oh. Um, so I did, and I started experimenting. I was writing poetry and writing flash fiction and short stories and just really experimenting with genre and using kind of my life experience to, to nourish my, my work. Um, and luckily, I was getting things published, so I thought, well, I can't be that bad. You know, if people are uh, I'm submitting and, and they're getting published and people are enjoying them, so... You know, it was another kind of confidence boost. And then I thought, I want to write a book. Yeah. And once I make your mind up about something, that's kind of it. Um, so I, I started writing Dinner Club and I wrote it in about six months because I just couldn't, I couldn't stop writing. I became obsessed yeah. in a positive <laughs> way. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of, that is the story. And that was only two and a half years ago. So I'm, I'm really very new to the writing world, um, but I just love it. And I, I kind of wish in a way, I'd wrote years ago, but then I wouldn't have had the stories that I've got and my narrative would have been very different. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of, that's where I'm at. It's only two, I'm two and a half years into writing and that's it. I'm still still an infant in the writing world. Oh, but that's fantastic. A couple of things that you're sharing, which I absolutely love, which I think uh, can be very informative for, for our listeners. Number one, that it was your love of reading that, in, that ignited yes. that spark for you to, to get into writing. And then starting out with short form pieces, I think that is such a great entry point. I've had a couple of other guests talk about that mm -hmm. as a starting point to explore your, your writing muscles. And then from there, developing that confidence and that experience to write more long form. I, I am curious though, because it sounds like the nonfiction book uh, was one of the things that really reignited your interest in reading. Did you ever think about going the nonfiction route just because of your vast experience, because of the work that you do? Or did you always envision, I'm going to write a novel? Uh, I, I want to explore creating a story based off of these experiences. Yeah, I think a bit of both, to be honest, John. So the, the piece I submitted to Life Theatre was kind of um, a personal experience of mine. Um, and, and I was kind of interested in maybe developing that. But I feel that sometimes that market's saturated a little bit mm -hmm. and you know we've kind of read those books and, and really what I wanted I wanted to write something that felt true to life and was relatable but wasn't all doom and gloom mm -hmm. so I was very much around you know the dinner club touches on real life issues it touches on domestic abuse homelessness bereavement but it also touches on friendship mm -hmm. and, and self-belief and transformation and hope and that's what I wanted. I didn't want to write something where, you know, it, it, it kind of left you feeling sad with the world. There's enough, there's enough right. issues going on. I wanted something that would, would feel real to someone. And, you know, it would feel like it's us or our neighbor or our loved one. But actually there's hope within that. And there's something that, that shines a light. So it's about awareness raising, but actually it's also around the beauty of human interaction and connectivity, um, you know, and, and hope and keeping hope and belief alive. So I did think about it, um, but I'm not sure my life is interesting enough um, to be able to write something that would, you know, kind of really intrigue people. I think I can do that in a way where we'll put it into a fictional piece and I use what I know, 
um, in a way that someone can read something and think, oh, that feels like me or my my brother or my partner or my child, um, rather than something that was really super personal to me. And if I'm a, if I'm okay, just kind of adding little bits of people I know into books, that's enough for me. That right. feels that like I'm doing, you know, it feels like I'm doing the job of raising awareness and kind of um, honouring people, but also that it becomes a story rather than um, you know rather than nonfiction piece. Sure, absolutely. Well, and. I would love to now explore the actual writing. And you, it sounded like you were very passionate about this. Six months. You, you're obviously a very busy person. You have a, uh, not just the job, you have a, a commitment, a career that involves a lot of um, uh, big issues. And obviously you have a full life outside of, uh, of that as well. So how did you, uh, what was your process for actually writing the book? How did you get started? How did you find the time to write the book and then, and then finish it in six months? I would love to, to know more about that. Sure. So I guess it, you know, it was kind of niggling away at us, John, and the, you know, the characters were there and they were ready. And I was, I'm going to have to do something with this because they kind of wouldn't leave us alone, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, you know, it kept playing on my mind. And once I started, I just couldn't stop. So I would literally, I, I'm really lucky in the fact that I don't get right as block. It's, it's more about time. It's more about okay. getting time to yeah. get my ideas out. So, you know, you're right. It, it is really difficult. And I know everyone's got super commitments and I was working full time and, um, Luckily, it was just before COVID okay. um, started, which absorbed more of my time um, being a key worker. But I kind of started, John, and I just couldn't stop. So it just flowed. You know, it came out and it just, it kind of, it was all in my mind and it just it just flowed out under the laptop. And I had a few sleepless nights, don't get us okay. wrong. You know, there was <laughs> nights when I was tight until 3 a.m. Um, but I just used any spare time I had, John. And, and luckily, I've got a really supportive partner who, oh, you know, it, it will allow me to, to be creative and supports me with that. And, you know, I, I was able to sort of prioritize my commitments. And I think that's what you have to do if you want something sure. done. And, and, and if you're impatient like me and just want it done straight away. Um, but yeah, I've just, I've really just sacrificed some things that I could. Um, and got on and did it because I just wanted it done. Um, you know, I wanted to get all my ideas out and just see what I produced because I've never done that before. Um, you know, I never wrote a book, so I wanted to write something and then reflect on it and see what it was like and then do something with it. You know, it wasn't, it was never an intention to put it in the drawer for 10 years. I always wanted to do something with it. Um, so I was motivated, I guess, you know, I was motivated by excite- the excitement of, of a new, something new to explore. Um, and just really, I really enjoyed the process. It was brilliant. Oh, I love it. And I, I would love to know because um, because you wrote a novel and I, I've spoken to a few novelists. Did you have um, uh, a specific process? Because as I've learned from speaking with different novelists, there are many different ways to go about this. Did you pre-plan the entire story and outline it? Or did you sit down and, and really focus on the characters and let them tell the story? What was your uh, method for, for finding the story and, and getting it on paper? Sure. Um, I think it's kind of a bit of both. So I, I often make notes. Um, the iPhone notes are just ram-packed, um, but also a lot of post-it notes. I do a kind of outline. But I think when I'm writing, and, and it happened with the dinner club, and it's happened with my subsequent manuscripts, I'm fluid and I'm flexible. So I have an idea and a premise, and I have some principles that I want to run throughout the manuscript. And I always have the character names. I always I pick the character names kind of really early on. Um, and, and kind of what 
the characters look like in my head. I kind of re-visualize okay. that. But I'm flexible. And if something changes or I'm, I'm writing something, I think, oh, that would be a really good curveball to put in. Or, you know, that's a really good idea for the future. That's fine. I'm not kind of fixing it. I just sort of go with the flow. Um, but I have the fundamentals there, the kind of scaffoldings there. And then we'll just kind of see what's built as we go along, really. I love that. And actually, I would love to know. So it sounds like picking the character names is a very important part of this process for you. So um, where, where do you find the character names? Is, do, you, do you think about names? Do you open up a name book? Where do you discover the, the names that fit the different characters you come up with? So a lot of the names, um, not in the dinner club, but in, a, in, in another novel that I've wrote, are people I know. And I've done okay. that on purpose so that I've, I've just, I've, I'm editing a manuscript, which is a thriller, and I've used um, the character names of people that I work with. Oh, so wow. I wanted to kind of honor the people I work with. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so it's people I know, but I do have a, a name book and I love names. I love mm -hmm. naming things. Um, I name objects in my home. I name furniture. Oh, okay. so I, oh, wow. I love, I love names. I love traditional kind of older fashioned names there's, and there's just some names that I really like so I kind of have a book that I write the names in and then when I have an idea I kind of know the name just fits with that person so Derek who is the protagonist although it's from all perspectives in the dinner club Derek is totally a Derek you know that's okay. exactly what you know he's, he's absolutely a Derek um, and he just fits the, the name and the person it's, it's just perfect for him so I kind of I have a vision in my head of what the person might look with and look like, and I kind of assign them that name. But I really enjoy that part. I really enjoy sort of finding the name and the characteristics of the person, um, both physically and emotionally, and the personality. I really enjoy that part of writing. I love that. I love that you're sharing this little insight into your process of coming up with the name and bringing life to a character and then focusing on what that person is like, their, their characteristics, and using that to inform the, the narrative and the story. How about the name of the book itself? I love the name, the title of the book. Do you come up with the title beforehand or is this something that uh, you, you come up with at the end? I know for different authors, it's a, it's a different process and I'd love to, to hear more about that. Yeah, I tend to always think of the name first. Okay. Um, so when I'm outlining, um, and I've got the name of my next four novels, <laughs> um, <laughs> when I'm outlining, I kind of, the name's already there of, the, of the, um, the book. And The Dinner Club was really simple, and it was, but it's meant to be because it's, you know, because of the process of what it is, it was really important that it was really simple. But um, my thriller is called Somebody's Nobody. Okay. Um, and that's, that's basically based on, um, it's based on a serial killer who targets homeless people oh, wow. in a rural town. And I've called somebody's nobody because when, when people talk about homeless people, they talk about them as if they're not, you know, mm. they're not someone's son or someone's daughter or someone's father or mother. And it's not somebody's nobody. It's actually somebody's son or somebody's child, right. um, you know, somebody's parent. So I always think of kind of names as I'm, thinking of an idea straight away it comes into my head and I think right that that could be a good title and obviously I'm flexible if I'm working with a publisher um in a field it isn't the right you know suitable name I'm not precious over them but it's always something that comes in to me mind right at the very beginning when I'm kind of doing a little bit of a, a plot and you know doing a little bit of a plan I, I absolutely love it it sounds like the the name of your characters and your books are very important to you in this process. And I'd love to ask, speaking of your process, 
did you find that there were any challenges, especially in writing that first book? I know it sounds like you're working on several now, uh, but uh, in writing that first book, did you have, and it sounds like, as you mentioned before, writer's block is not one of your, your challenges, but did you have any that you found while you were writing that first book? Sure, yeah, I think time, because I, I, there, was, there was periods of time where it was probably unhealthy, where I was writing till 3 a.m. and you know, that happened a couple of hours. So I think time management, and I think the pressure that I was putting on myself was a bit too harsh. Okay. Um, but the main thing from the dinner club, um, so I started writing it in the November, um, and I'd already had the characters and then my grandmother passed away really suddenly oh, whilst I was actually writing it yeah. so I, I began writing um, and then you know a couple, of, a couple of months later she passed away really suddenly and I, and I wrote through my grief so that was really challenging mm. I was writing about her you know and I'd, and I'd mm. lost her so it was kind of it was both cathartic but it was it was heartbreaking at the same time so I'd be writing and I'd be looking at a picture of my grandma and it would be breaking my heart and healing my heart at the same time so it was a massive change, but I feel that that was her final gift to me was, was the dinner club, um, you know, and obviously getting, getting it published was even, you know, even more brilliant. But, but that in particular for that book was, you know, it was a massive challenge and I hope I don't have any more challenges like that, sure. but it actually it made us really committed to wanting to get that finished and to wanting to get it right. So in a way it was, you know, it was our final gift and it was, it was, you know, something that I know she's proud of, but it was, it, there was times where it was very, very challenging and really hard. Yeah, she must have been very proud. Uh, if you don't mind my asking, did you talk to your grandmother in the early stages and let her know that you were developing a character based off of her? No, she didn't know I was developing a character, but she knew I was writing. So my grandma knew I had been on the course and I was starting to write a book, um, but she didn't know the kind of ins and outs of, of Florence who's based on her um, at that time, unfortunately. But what a great tribute to her. I mean, it's mm-hmm, it one is. of the ways that you can share uh, this wonderful relationship with this amazing person in your life with so many people. And 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 I, I just imagine it must have been very difficult, but at the same time, it must have been just a great way to also pay tribute to someone who meant so much to you. And and what Absolutely. a wonderful, what a wonderful gift. Um uh, thank you for sharing that. I really, I really appreciate it. Uh, Helen, I, I, I'd love to know, once you finished the book, what was your next step? Did you think about, because uh, I know this is something that a lot of writers uh, think about even before they get started. Did you think about which route you wanted to take? Did you know that you wanted to traditionally publish the book? Or did you think about self-publishing? I would love to know what was in, in your mind and which route you took and, and how you got there. Sure. Um, I guess I always wanted to go traditional and that's mm-hmm. more because I didn't know much about self-publishing. It's, it's such a new writer. I didn't know I wasn't um, I wasn't linked to the community at that point. Okay. When I was writing, it was after I wrote my me, me first book that I kind of linked up um, after I got my publishing deal. So my plan, to be honest, John, was to try and get somewhere through a competition. And what I, what I was really interested in was um, kind of entering a competition and winning um, something where I would get like a mentor okay. um, and get a publishing oh. deal. That, that was kind of my first, my first sort of options, I guess, when I started exploring how to get the dinner club out to people. Um, so I entered in a number of competitions, um, you know, and uh, tried different, different styles of competitions, but I didn't really get anywhere. And then I thought, I'm going to have to look at, you know, what to do with this, because I didn't want to just write it and, and leave it in a drawer, like I said earlier. So 
I started looking at how I would send um, the manuscript to, to publishing houses and everyone was different. You know, someone like you need a writing bio, you need a writing CV, you need a four page synopsis, a two page synopsis, an elevator pitch, a cover letter. And it was like, wow, the admin side of it is phenomenal. So I, I, I made a list basically and started sending them off. Um, and then I was going to take some time off work to send them off to more. So I sent the dinner club to three publishing houses and I got offers on two. Oh, wow. But I did, at the time I was thinking I'm going to take some time off work and, and use that time to send send them off because I wasn't prepared to pay for like an agent or anything like that. I just wanted to do it myself. Okay. Um, so I was really lucky, which is brilliant, you know, and, and the publisher I'm with is, is fantastic and it feels like a perfect fit. Um, so I think some of it was luck. I think some of it is obviously the dinner club's a good book, um, but I, 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 that was kind of what I wanted in the first instance. And if I if I wasn't successful with that, I would have looked at self publishing. But at that point, I didn't know kind of the self publishing process. And, and to be honest, the time element of it, you know, there's some brilliant people who self publish out there, but the time is phenomenal that they have to invest in it. And I just didn't have that time, and I don't sure. have that time. Um, so yeah, so that was that was always kind of my plan. Um, and luckily it's, it's, it's worked out. <laughs> you know, Helen, one of the things at, as I'm getting to know you from this interview, one of the things that really strikes me about you is that I love your fearlessness and whether that's born out of not knowing to, to, that this is an intimidating situation or just having this drive to accomplish a goal. First of all, starting out with the, um, uh, playwriting class and being stuck with a bunch of experienced playwriters that that can be an intimidating <laughs> situation but this is something you wanted to do so you did it mm -hmm. anyway and, and and I love that you're sharing that with the publishing process that you just went for it and you decided to do a direct pitch to the publishers which some people might think oh you know what I, I could never do that and, and they might be stuck with the you know what we call paralysis analysis of I don't know where to begin. I just love that you went for it. And, and part of that sounds like it was born from your circumstances of having limited time. But also, I sense that there's a there's a drive in you that once you set your mind to a goal, you're going to accomplish it and you're going to do whatever it takes to accomplish it. And I think that is such Thank an you. inspirational uh, aspect of you that you're sharing on today's conversation. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Absolutely. I, and, and so my question for you is that you know, the, the purpose of this series is that I want to share with, with my listeners, um, many of whom want to write a book. And that's one of the top two or three life goals or bucket list goals mm -hmm. that many people have. Many people don't ever start. Those who finish end up putting their manuscripts in a drawer like, like you talked about. Um, what advice, what's the best advice that you have for someone who's listening to this, who wants to write that book, but maybe maybe they're they're not sure where to begin sure um i think there's a few things i would kind of advise um people who want to write i think firstly don't procrastinate and put it off just go for it you know get some time and it is really difficult you know we're all we're all busy but get some time to dedicate to doing that because we just put things off constantly john and it sure. you know yes tick by so quickly so if you feel you've got that flame ignite you know spend invest that time in yourself um you know give yourself that time to do it i think the easiest way to start is write what you know um or do some really really good research because you're not going to get anywhere if you're writing things that are just can be picked apart straight away as being sure. inaccurate unless you're doing a fantasy novel you know if, you, if you're doing something that's more 
um, commercial fiction or um, you know historical romance or whatever it may be, it's got to be accurate. So you know, spend that time researching um, or write about what you know. Um, and I think experiments to do, you know, the way I got into it was by just messing around and writing, you know, poems that take five right. minutes, short stories, entering competitions, um, you know, and there's loads that, you know, I share some on Instagram and on Twitter where there's competition opportunities that are free to enter. You, you're not losing anything, you know, by entering something that's free, you, you're not, it's not costing you any money, it's costing you your time and that's it. And maybe a bit of your pride, um, you know, if you're rejected, but you've got to try these things. And I think alongside that, you've got to have thick skin, John, and you've got to be tenacious because you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea and you've got to accept that. And that's part of life. But for someone, you're going to be the perfect cup of tea. So it's about really having that thick skin and just knowing that, you know, you may get rejected 500 times, but the 501 time may be the one right. that was right for you. Um, so don't kind of, you know, don't give up. Um, experiment. Write about what you know. And I think a super important part of the writing process is having a support network. So, you know, it could be um, family and friends, you know, which is great if you've got that. If not, social media is a brilliant way to connect yes. with writers, you know, like we are today. Like um, we have, yes. yes. Absolutely. And there's just some really wonderful, supportive, inspiring and motivating humans that are on Instagram and are on Twitter. And I think for me, the people I've connected with across the world have become friends which is wonderful, you know, and I think we'll bounce ideas off one another, we'll champion one another, you know, we'll, we'll understand the pressures um, and we'll be honest. So, you know, you may have a, a partner um, or a child or a parent who would just tell you what you think, the thing you want to hear. And, you know, you can share your writing with the community who understand and can be a bit more, you know, can give you a critique and give you constructive criticism and feedback. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of, my I guess tips on how to get into it but I think you know we'll, we'll put things off and I think you've just got to do it you, if, you, if you're thinking about it just do it you know find your time and um, find your support and just experiment you know try different things and you'll find what works really well for you because if you're sending things off or getting feedback someone will say well actually you know the, the horror stuff isn't very good but your romance stuff's really good or your poetry's right. really good um, and just have that thick skin and understand that people aren't going to always like what you write. And that's fine. You know, we're all different, very different people. Some great, great advice and some great insights, uh, both on getting started, on getting through the process and just sticking with it. I absolutely love it. Helen, where can our listeners find you? So I'm on, I wrote these down because there's so many. <laughs> okay, yes. so, wow. Um, so yeah, I'm on Instagram on Helen.hson underscore writes. Um, I'm on Twitter at Hson Writes, and my website is www.helenhsonwrites.com. Awesome. We're gonna have all of that in the write-up. So uh, moving forward, listeners, <laughs> uh, do check it out. And one more time, Helen, what is the name of your book and where can our listeners find it? So it's called The Dinner Club and you can get it on bookstoread.com forward slash TDC. And again, we'll also have that on the write-up. Helen, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Thank this you. was an incredible conversation and, and sharing your insights, your story and uh, inspiring our listeners. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for inviting us. It's been brilliant. Take care, John. And
Absolutely. And moving forward, listeners, you can find the write-up for today's episode, episode 380 at bemovingforward.com. I'll be back next week as we continue our writing series. You can find the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. The views expressed by any featured guests are not necessarily those of the host, the program, or affiliates. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.